this week on Jordan and Jake. The most impressive thing for me watching him, I thought his movement in the pocket was was pretty darn good. For someone that you know he has not gotten many reps at all. If you could give the Panthers any Christmas gift, what would it be? Mine is I'd give them the gift of stopping the run. Here are your Panther Hall of Honor members, Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome. Well, hey, Panther fans, welcome to the Week 17 edition of the Jordan and Jake podcast. I'm Jordan. With me is Jake. Uh, Christmas is in the air, and it's a wonderful time of the year. But when you're a Panther fan, a Panther employee, a Panther player, things are pretty rough right now. And I think, Jake, I I love uh, talking about the good old days with you and telling stories. But it's it's critical time to do some some opinion some opinions from you and I about what's going on. Um, I was in the game at Indy, Jake, and there's a million things to discuss. But uh, can I start with Will Greer? He got his first start. You're the quarterback. You know, how'd you think it went? Look, I think there was a mixed bag. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's so hard for me to try to assess this kid with the way the season's going. And then your best receiver by a landslide is out the game immediately, you know, after only a few plays. So I thought he did some good things. I thought the game, to me, watching it, it didn't look like it moved too fast because I think sometimes you can tell if somebody's just overwhelmed. I didn't see that from him yesterday. I thought he moved around in the pocket. That The most impressive thing for me watching him, I thought his movement in the pocket was was pretty darn good for someone that, you know he has not gotten many reps at all with the ones besides last week. Um, so I thought his movement in the pocket was was pretty good. Did a good job a couple of times with his feet. Um, and then the unfortunate thing, though, Jordan, when you get down in a game like this, Indy's just playing prevent defense. So really, they're just playing back, and you've got to check it down. And and that's not a bad option, checking it to Christian McCaffrey, because how many yards after contact did he have yesterday? I, I, I'm not exactly sure. But um, so to, to see him truly try to read a defense, I know he threw 44 times, but it's a mixed bag of results because of the, the way the whole game played out in the situation. And I would assume as we're taping this a little early, I would assume he would go forward and play this week against the Saints. And the Saints are still playing for something. This is still a huge week for them, be it uh, number one seed, uh, number two seed, by things of that nature. So um, he'll have an opportunity to go up against a team that we had success moving the ball against uh, only a few weeks prior. Yeah, and as Jake alluded to, it's Monday morning. I, I got back last night to Idaho at about 2 in the morning recording this, uh, I guess at high noon, mountain time, 2 o'clock. Eastern. So there's going to be other Panther news happening by the time this airs, but in the interest of family and Christmas, we're getting it done now. And, and I do believe, Jake, that it's been announced that Greer would start this week. And that that's to be expected. Nothing happened or there's no reason to not give him another chance. I, I agree with your assessment, Jake. I thought all things considered, he handled the game well. There was no, I mean, little things like there was no delay of game penalties. There were no fumbled snaps, fumbled, fumbled handoffs. You know, he rode the center well on all the stretch plays when Paradis is, you know, having to reach the nose. Little things like that. Uh, the interceptions, obviously, you don't want to have. But Olsen said it well. Olsen's been very verbal this week before the game and after. I'd like to talk about what he said after the game. But he said, I mean, there's with it's an impossible situation for Greer to be in. There's 
you know, the season is in a downward spiral and the, you know, the, just all the circumstances surrounding it. I, I thought he did about as well as I, as, as I expected. And I told you last week, Jake, I thought that we'd win the game. And I meant that I, I was shocked at the outcome of this game. I just thought this would be our one chance for the team to, to come out and perform a little bit better. But I mean, that's unheard of Jake, two punt returns for touchdowns. You, the team comes out and is down 14, nothing with seven minutes to go in the first quarter. I talked to Scott Turner before the game and, and he was talking about last week's game, the, the Seahawks game. And, how it's so hard to call a game though, according to plan when you get down early and that happened right away. And I mean, I, it's happened before we didn't set any records, but two punt returns for touchdowns, Jake, you had to be shaking your head watching that from home. I was just, uh, you're watching it. And that's the first thing that went through my mind. So here we are, we almost give up a punt return on the first punt. And then next thing you know, we give up a punt return and to go back, if you remember, there was two fouls on the plate, and so it was. It went back to a re-kick. So it was on a re-kick that they scored the first time. So right. it was just so unfortunate, and that's exactly what I went through my head. Here's a kid. I'm wondering what's going on in his mind. Speaking of Will, it, hopefully he doesn't try to press and say, oh, my gosh, we're already down. This is the way the season's going. We got, I got to make something happen. And I don't think he truly felt that. Um, because it looked like he didn't try to do too much. We can talk about the three interceptions. One defense I thought made a really good play. Another one, look, you're going to learn. Late down the middle in the NFL, that's just a no-no. And and listen, you have to learn it by doing it. Um, and then again, he left the one short on the go route um, in, in, later in the game. And that's something that the speed of NFL defenses, it doesn't matter he you know had 61 snaps or whatnot in the preseason. This is an NFL defense on a Sunday uh, in December. It's so much faster than anything that he has seen. So, um, I, yeah. But it's an impossible situation. It's not a fun situation. <laughs> it's not a good situation to be in. No. I'll be honest with you. And I've been very lucky, Jordan. Uh, all my time in Carolina, we really and truly were never out of it uh, playoff-wise uh, until like the night before the game or the final game of the season. So that was lucky. On the flip side, my first two games starting of my career in 1999, I was with the New Orleans Saints, and we were 2-12, and 12, and we were playing the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve, and Dallas was fighting for a playoff spot with Troy Aikman and Deion Sanders, and Chan Gailey was their coach, and we beat them in New Orleans that day. We came out ready to play. Well, can't wait to play the next week. We're traveling to where else? Carolina. We're going to play them in the Y2K game. Came up on a Friday because no one knows what Y2K was going to happen with the planes and <laughs> things like that. You're dating yourself. You're dating uh, well, yourself. That's all right. <laughs> well, we played them that Sunday, and there was a formula that, one, they had to beat us, but points were going to be involved. So the Carolina was going to be watching the Green Bay Packers game. They went up and down the field on us like seven on seven. Steve Berline was throwing touchdown passes uh, to Masin Muhammad, Patrick Jeffers, um, it just up Wesley Walls up and down the field, and I'm getting annihilated by Kevin Green. It was his last game ever <laughs> to play, had three sacks. They carried him off on shoulders after the game, and so it was like a 50-something to 20 or 14 game. It wasn't even close. So that's kind of the situation Will was in yesterday. You're behind. Um, really, you're not playing for anything except pride. You know there's going to be a new coach. Um, so it's a, it's a tough situation. There's no other way around it. It's tough. It's hard. 
Well, and the Colts didn't have Kevin Green, but they had Justin Houston and Muhammad and a couple other guys that were getting after Greer pretty good. And I, I think I would not be doing my job if I didn't speak to the O-line, Jake. And uh, I think the right side of our O-line is pretty darn good. Trey obviously has made a bunch of Pro Bowls, and I think that uh, Taylor Moten is a is more than a solid starter at right tackle. Paradis got a big contract in the offseason, and he's done a nice job. But the left side of our line needs to be addressed. Uh, uh, Greg Van Roten, who was starting for the for most of the season, he's a legit starter, but I don't know if he'll stick around, honestly. You know, I don't know. It, there's so much money already on the O-line. If he gets to free agency, I don't know that he'll be back. And then Dennis Daly and Greg Little. You know, Greg took himself out of that competition, and, and Dennis stepped up and, and ended up being the starter. But those, if those guys are the answer, Jake, and I, I know it's tough playing as a rookie, that, but they've got to be better. You know, Dennis really struggled yesterday with Justin Houston. And the more you play, we've talked about this on this show before, but the more you play, the more film is on you. And, and it's yes. true for every position, quarterback, running back, whatever, but especially on the offensive line, guys start seeing what moves you struggle against, whether you duck your head too much on a bull rush, whether you're lazy with your hands and a chop, and a rip works, whether you over overstretch yourself and a spin move works back in. And it's tough when there's a book on you. You know, everybody talks about keep a this guy. We got a book on this guy. Well, there's a book on Dennis Daly now. And he, he, he struggled yesterday. There's no way around it. I know he's had a groin injury for a lot of the year and an ankle and he's battled through that. And, and the coaches say good things about who he is, you know, as a person and his, his commitment. But we got to get a, a big off-season weight room year out of Dennis to improve on his strength and build his body up and, and fundamentally as well. And, and I, I honestly think that the, the Panthers would be doing themselves a favor to seek out some free agency depth at tackle. And who that is is yet to be seen. But it, it, it's not good enough right now, and especially when you're a young quarterback trying to have some confidence in the pocket, man. Getting hit from that blind side, Jake, is, is tough. No, it is tough, Jordan, and um, I, I agree with you. And I do think a year in the weight room, and this is a rude awakening for a lot of these guys, especially up front. And I think you probably noticed it your rookie year. Yes, you were different, Jordan, I'm, and, and I'm not going to sing your praises a whole bunch, but I will say this. You, you can were the sing them. Go ahead. You, you were them. the eighth, o- overall, <laughs> eighth overall pick in the draft, okay? Yeah. And listen, I'm not saying Dennis is not going to be a fine pro, but he was a six-round pick for a reason. You know, right. you had everything being an eighth overall pick, and you started at right tackle, not left tackle, right. because Todd yep. Stussy was there and the grind of the season. But you knew after that season, this is what I need to work on. I've got to get stronger. I've got to get my moves better. I've got to become a student of the game. And that's what yep. Dennis is going to do. And I think you'll, you will see some improvement. I don't think there's any doubt. But I am like you. When you can kind of put an anchor down on the left side of the line, that makes a big difference. because. I don't know. I'm watching Christian McCaffrey, and maybe I'm being too much of a cheerleader. I am watching greatness right before our eyes. Watching him play week in and week out, the moves that he makes, how he runs with physicality, with balance, the way he catches the football, and I just don't want to see that get that kind of go to waste. As quick as we can to give him some help, um, and I want to see him with a ton of help because I think he is that much of a difference maker in this league. No, I agree, Jake. And it's funny you said as quick as we can because the clock ticks, you know, running back. What's the shelf life on a running back? And we've never seen a running back with this many touches year in and year out. So is it five, six, seven, eight, nine years? I mean, what is it with Christian that he could be this explosive of a player? And, and DJ, you know, we, we DJ came out of the game yesterday with concussion. 
DJ's established himself as a heck of a player, and I think Curtis Samuel still has a huge upside. So offensively, there's definitely big weapons, but there's big questions along with it, and this offseason is going to have a lot to say. Do you do you think there's any more certainty anywhere at any with the quarterback position? And I loop Cam in on this. I don't know if you saw, but there's a campaign going around Charlotte with billboards to keep Cam in Charlotte. I've said that I don't know that – with a new head coach, if it's best for Cam or the new head coach to st- for Cam to stay, that's up for the coach to decide. You know, I, you know, when Steve left, it was a sad day for all Panther fans, but Steve went on and did a, you know, great things in Baltimore. Where's the quarterback situation sit in your mind, Jake? Well, I think first and foremost, it's going to start with the head coach and does what's his plan for Cam? What is his, what, what's his plan? What, what, I mean, when I'm interviewing this guy, if I'm the owner, you have to, okay, Cam Newton, you know, health-wise, we think everything's going to check out. What's the plan going forward? Is he somebody you want to go forward with? So that's going to be all predicated on the head coach. Um, because, Jordan, you know, you watch it game in and game out. You you have to have a competent uh, quarterback in the league. And, I, and, and maybe I'm using the word competent, but you've got to have somebody that's pulling the trigger. That's a big-time player. Um, no, you're Cam, you're right. Let me let me cut yes. you off because we've got a top two running back. We've got a top two or three middle linebacker. I was talking with Luke the night before the game. He came up to my hotel room. We were just chatting, and um, I said, "Luke, we were talking about the team." I said, "You know, no offense, buddy, but it's nice to have an all-pro middle linebacker, but that doesn't win you a Super Bowl. It's all about the quarterback position." Exactly to your yeah. point. Yeah, it is, and uh, and listen, I uh, that's that's remains to be seen. I was so excited this year, looking forward to this year. I wanted to see a healthy Cam Newton because I know what I saw in training camp arm wise. I, I said, okay, arm's not an issue, and then we had the foot issue that come up. So I wanted to watch him play. You know, this guy was the NFL MVP, and everybody in the league had to take notice. You did not want to play Carolina. It didn't matter if they. Snuck into the playoffs at seven, nine, and one. It didn't matter because they had number one pulling the trigger. Now we haven't seen him play much in the last two and a half, three years. We haven't seen it, and that comes into play. All these hits. Does a new coach want to take on um, someone that do they consider him? Is he damaged goods, or can I squeeze a year or two out of him? And then what? So that's going to be vital in the front office and the head coach making that decision going forward. But Jordan you got to answer that first and foremost. That's that's where you have to decide. It's a, right. Are we going forward with Cam or not? Yep, I agree. That, everything you said there. All right, so in the game, two two big things stood out to me. Dante Jackson didn't start, didn't play much. He was gunner a little bit, but Ross Cockrell started at corner and, and had, from my vantage point, a pretty darn good game. What do you think that means moving forward? You know, Dante's a pretty – verbal player he's spoken up a lot these last few games about you know some of the coverage calls the defenses things like that where you know where, where's Dante's future for, with the Carolina Panthers uh new coaching staff same thing yep. uh, obviously um you know he was he talked a good bit after the Atlanta game and um and sure enough he played and started against Seattle and it wasn't one of his better days Seattle um had two deep passes over him uh, for big gains and then another touchdown pass, uh, kind of a semi-deep pass, I guess you could say. So um, they made a statement. They started Ross, and 
one thing about uh, Mr. Cockrell, he is going to, he's like the Swiss army knife. And to me, you take out Christian as the MVP of this team. If you had to pick one other person, in my opinion, I, I have to go with DJ Moore. I thought DJ Moore has had a great season. But number three, Ross Cockrell, where we asked yep. him to play all season long, the fourth down stop he made yesterday by yep. using the one hand to run the running back out of bounds because you always see a running back just kind of bounce it and get the first down. And Ross, he did a fantastic job. So I don't know how it's going to go this week. It's the New Orleans Saints. And in case you didn't know, the all-time <laughs> leading passer in the history of the NFL in every single category is coming right. into town. And they, and they have got a pretty win. good receiver. Don't they have a good yeah. receiver? I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He is all-time receptions. Uh, yes. single game or single season, right? Single season. And they tell me his work ethic and preparation are second to none. And so that's yeah. shocking. It's amazing when you have talent and you work hard. It's amazing. <laughs> you think you think good things happen? Weird. It's a, oh. it's amazing. So now uh, I don't know what's if he's going to play this week and where does that yeah. leave him? Now does the new coaching staff come in and everybody starts fresh? Uh, we'll see. Right. All right. D line, Jake. I love those guys. Uh, I've, I've, I, similar to you this off season, I was excited. I was excited about Bruce Irvin and Gerald McCoy and our rookie Brian Burns and I. I still, I still think that uh, those guys are uh, have a huge place in the future of our team. I really do, but it's tough watching this run defense, Jake. And it's a million different reasons. It's it's assignments, it's technique, it's personnel, it's injuries. But it's just brutal to watch. It really is. And then you know where I'm going with this, Vernon Butler punches the wrong guy, gets kicked out of the game, and flips off the crowd. It's like it's insult to injury, Jake. It's frustrating, man. Yeah, Jordan, that was uh, that was disheartening to watch. You never want to see that. And then, um, you know, especially, you know, he's going into free agency. He's yep. not he's not under contract. He'll be a free agent. And, you know, does an owner, if you're a general manager of another team or whatnot, hey, I want to sign this guy. And the owner says, well, what about what about this? You know, do I want this representing my team? But, yeah, that was unfortunate. That was ugly. You never want to see that in the game. Not so sure exactly what his situation will be going into this week's game. But I'm like you, Jordan. Every week we do the keys of the game with Mick. And that's something that I know you probably – you decipher what the keys are when you're watching the film that week. I do the same thing. And it seems like for the past 10 weeks, I've always put stop the run. We've had – we I've we've got to stop I it. I said it. I said I'd tattoo oh. it on my head, Jake. That's it. we got to do it. You have – we have to stop it. Look, KK was a huge blow to us. I don't think there's any doubt. But we struggled stopping the run this year. And then, you know, losing Don Terry Poe was a, was a very big, big loss. I mean, because of just one his sheer size. And then you watch a team like Tampa. I watched them play Saturday, and they were fantastic against the run this year. I mean, we saw that twice. We had trouble running against them. Uh, but they, they made a commitment to stop the run. They got some big guys up front. So – we have to address both sides of the line. I really and truly believe that to give us the fastest start on getting this turned around. Uh, definitely that. Uh, after the game, Greg Olson, who I love, great friend, he was pretty – he didn't pull any punches about what he thinks. You know, He talked about it being an organizational failure, a collective failure, that fans and lock, guys in the locker room and coaches and everybody deserves better. But an overall failure is the way to put it. Uh, and then he said that Greer was thrown in an impossible situation with countless issues around it. I mean, he was incredibly honest, Jake. And I, I find that 
early, there's there's points in the year where you can't say stuff like that. You know what I mean? When right. when you still got a lot of season left or whatever. But as a fan base, it's probably refreshing, and and I enjoy it too. Just the honesty from a veteran leader saying like this is this is horrible. We're not doing well enough. Nobody is. And what in the heck's the plan moving forward? There's some frustrations with that built in with with Greg. I'm sure about you know the point in his career, as you know, when you're getting towards the the latter parts, you you want to win, and it's incredibly frustrating. But I loved his honesty, Jake. I don't know how you felt about it. I did look at it this morning. I watched it this morning on Panthers.com, and when I saw it, I've I've been there. I I feel I know what he was feeling yesterday. And I just think he just couldn't help it. it. It just came out. And that is refreshing. And it's hard to accept. That's the thing. You, We have to accept this. We made our own bed. And we, we've got to – when I say we, I mean the Panthers. We, we've got to sleep in it. I mean, that's that's who we are. That is what we are. And it has to be addressed. And it's um, – the honesty, it is refreshing sometimes because we can get very cliché I know I was a, a cliché machine. Uh, whenever I was interviewing, um, I'll probably talk a little bit more now that I don't have to get out there and play. Um, but I was a cliche machine, but that, that was, that was good to hear. It was like a cleansing of his soul for him to come out and say that. Um, and I'm anxious to see how we respond this week and play, because remember, we still have to suit up and play this week. This is not, Oh, let's get through the season. This, this is a team coming in here that they're looking to win because they control their own destiny, so to speak. And they control it by winning. So nobody's feeling sorry for us. We better we better go out and play. No, I agree. Okay, so how do we handle this week? It's Christmas week, Jake, and you know, uh, not me and you. It doesn't matter how we handle it. How do the Panthers handle it? it all the things we well, just discussed. Plus, you've got family in town for Christmas. Can you turn it off? And can Greg Olson turn it off and enjoy Christmas with his beautiful, you know, family? Uh, <laughs> and well, and thank God the game's not on. Christmas Day yes. because we've had that as well. What what do we yeah. do, Jake? I, you know what? Listen, they probably you, you come in on Monday, you watch film. Hopefully, you take a critical uh, a, a critical self approach, and you watch it and you and you, you accept what was on the film and you get better. Then I'm assuming they're going to come in on Christmas Eve on Tuesday and practice and be off on Christmas Day or, or whatever it may be. But listen, when you go home. This is Christmas. This is a special time of year. I have a feeling Greg Olson is going to be um, – he's going to be dad, and he won't be Greg the football player when he goes home. And that's a that's – as a family man and as an individual, you have to be that way. But, Jordan, I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard sometimes, man. It's hard because this game is so – success is so hard to come by, and the window of opportunity is so small in this league that you work your tail off to do the best you can. and. That's a difficult thing. I know I tried to be the best dad I could when I came home, especially around Christmas time. And I got a little story for you on that, Jordan. We were playing the, da- the Dallas Cowboys in 2005, Christmas Eve at home. And we take the lead. I was able to throw a touchdown pass to Ricky Pro, And uh, with about a minute left, we take the lead. And sure enough, Dallas gets the ball back. We go down, and they're trying to kick a field goal to tie the game to go to overtime. Well, sure enough, we block it. Julius comes across. The ball grazes off of his chest, and the ball kind of moves, and they call running into the kicker. But the ball grazes Julius's chest. That's why the guy misses it, and the referees mark them off a first down. 
So they I get to get a that. first down. They go. They throw a one-handed touchdown pass. Uh, uh, throw a touchdown pass to Terry Glenn, who one-hands it and catches it. We lose the game. So we're 10-5. and five. We didn't truly secure our playoff spot. It's Christmas Eve. And I remember telling myself, Jake, you have a three-year-old daughter at the house, four-year-old daughter. You better put on your best face and be dad. <laughs> don't, don't let this affect you. And so we leave after the game. Everybody's down. So we go to the parking lot. My wife, Carrie, gets in the, the car with Lauren and my mom. So my dad and I ride in the other vehicle because we had two vehicles. Obviously, I drove to the game. So when we pull up at the house, the whole way back, I'm telling myself, I said, Jake, you, you don't take this out on anybody. I'm not like I take it out on anybody, but just don't be a Grinch. You know, this is happy right. time. Enjoy it. So we get out the vehicle at the house. I get out the car, my dad and I. My wife gets out the Suburban. She gets out and she points at me and she and she's upset. And I can tell. And she looked at me. She said, your daughter talked the whole way home. And I just started <laughs> laughing because my it affected my wife. It affected yeah. her. And you just right. that's the thing that people truly, I guess, we take it so seriously. And it was like poor Lauren, three, almost four years old at the time. And she didn't know any better. Just talking. But the frustrations because the emotions were so great. And then the come down. So it's tough. It's a fine line. You need a balance. It is. Ron Rivera, one of my favorite quotes of his was, be where your feet are, and that's what you got to do when you've got any stressful job. Anybody does, but football games around Christmas. It's either a beautiful time or a, a challenging time, and you and I have survived both. All right. Lastly, Jake, give me a, give me a one-minute rundown on the game this weekend. What, if you could give the Panthers any Christmas gift, what would it be? Mine is I'd give them the gift of stopping the run. How, how are we gonna? What what's this game gonna look like on Sunday? Well, if I could give them a gift, a gift of no turnovers, you know that would be the that would be something that I would I would gift our team. I think the biggest thing, Jordan, and listen, I'm not overly optimistic. I'm gonna be very honest with you. When you're right. playing a team, and we've been on this side where we were a team that was rolling and going into the playoffs, and it just seems like your preparation is gonna be fantastic, and the the confidence is through the roof, and there's no doubt. We're going to go out and just beat whatever team we were playing. And on the flip side, what you're, what you're trying to do is go up on this team because they're going to quit. They know they're not playing for anything, and they want to get out the season. Yep. So we have to answer the, answer the knockout punch early on. But listen, I hope guys just prepare their tail off and realize there's 16 of these games. This is the last one. This team will never, ever be together again. It will be a different football team. There will be new coaches. There will be many guys wearing different uniforms. Go out and just let it hang out. Let it just play. Just go and read your keys, read your, your reads, and play. Play to the best of your ability and see what happens. But I think we're going to be up against it this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm not predicting a win two weeks in a row, Jake. Well, have a great Christmas. Uh, have fun calling the last game against New Orleans and uh, we're, we're, we're recording we've been told by our boss David Langton we're recording all the way through the NFL playoffs so even though the Panthers are done we are not so I look forward to talking all things Panthers offseason and NFL playoffs with you over the next couple weeks man appreciate it as always nice job and we'll talk to you next week well Jordan I appreciate it and you have a wonderful wonderful Christmas and I uh, look forward to it next week bye buddy Oh, <laughs>